What's up, Jerem Jordan, alongside Banksy for a live edition of Dub Nation, the official show of the Utah Warriors. We're at the Major League Draft party with the season ticket holders at Zions Bank Stadium here. It's going to be a fun night. We're going to see the newest Utah Warriors. You can see from this view how significantly larger I am than you are. <laughs> <laughs> this is super exciting. Prop and winger. The future of Major League Rugby has decided tonight. The future of so many incredible rugby players. I'm excited to see how it pans out. And listen, they're partying over here. We got the season ticket holders here. They're going to have a great time tonight. If you you want to be a season ticket holder, you can be here next year. You can be here during the season. It's a great chance to pick up your season tickets right now. You get access to special events, players, games. You get to pick out your seats and more. If you want to be a season ticket holder, go to uh, warriorsrugby.com now and get your tickets. Sign up. Be ready for MLR 2023. I can't believe we're already saying it, man. It is August. We're on the back end here of uh, of the offseason so let's go okay we're live on the utah warriors facebook twitter youtube accounts of course subscribe to the podcast version on apple podcast spotify soundcloud if you have a question or comment throw it in let's get to it, it we are live and we are here which is fun okay here's what's going to happen on this show we're going to talk to general manager brandon sparks assistant coach sean davies joey backy as well the ninth overall pick from last year one of three utah warriors picks all of them played two of them started a bunch plus live reaction to Utah's picks, which are the 4th and 11th in the first round. We'll cover the first round here, the entire first round, and then you can watch the second round on the Rugby Network. Now, FS2's got the draft broadcast. This is a companion piece, a Utah Warriors version reacting to that. We will call each pick as it happens. First pick is not in yet. Dallas on the board first. We'll get to that, but it's going to be a fun conversation here. And we'll talk to Brandon Sparks here in a moment, the general manager, about what they're looking for, what they want out of this draft, what positions they need. What do you feel needs to be addressed by the Warriors here? You know, there's a lot of different ways you can approach the draft by just going for the best player available, finding who fits best in your system. But for me, it's got to be for this team about what holes we have on our roster. We have a really dynamic core with this team that's intact. What I'm really looking for is probably more depth at the flanker position, somebody that can play the six, seven, and especially eight, and uh, somebody that can play the four and five. We are in desperate need of some second row cover. Anything else after that, maybe a solid nine. You can always use a good center uh, for depth at that position because of how physical it is playing the professional game at that position. Um, really a proper fly half would be good. You know, there's a lot of different things that can move and change as the picks come off the board as well. So when the pick comes, general uh, manager Brandon Sparks way, he's got some decisions to make and he's only got a few minutes to make. That's exactly right. Let's talk through what happened the last couple of drafts. This is the third annual draft. It's a, it's a very American thing to have a draft. Um, unique, I guess, for Major League Rugby, right, among the leagues. So in 2020, a player still with the Warriors, Elijah Hayes, 19th overall pick. He's going to play into a, a prop position uh, next year. And then, as I mentioned, Joey Backey uh, last year, Connor Burns, who started a bunch, and then Emerson Pryor, who was one of the top rookies in the league with Connor. The great thing when you have guys like Gus McClellan and Paul Mullen on your roster is guys like Emerson Pryor, guys like Elijah Hayes, when they get drafted and they come into the league, they can take all the time in the world developing. For Elijah, it was much a physical transformation as it was for him coming out of the American football background and changing his ability and his performance to one that suits the game of rugby. He, of course, got his first official cap this last season. Emerson got a lot of starts in coverage 
in his time now, and if I think playing overseas. In New Zealand. He's playing in New yeah. Zealand right now. He's Robbie there. Abel took him and uh, got him some minutes at White Amata Rugby they, Club. They suited up together and then against each other in a minute. Kill boys. That was <laughs> absolutely awesome. And then you look at guys like Connor Burns, guys that can contribute immediately with their athleticism while still allowing their rugby IQ to grow in a system like this. In fact, America's Rugby News uh, put out a list this week of the top 10 Major League Rugby draft picks last two years. They said Emerson Pryor, honorably mentioned, only one, basically 11th. Get Connor Burns at number seven. So two of the top 11 from the Utah Warriors, they've drafted well last year. And I think a lot of that's the process that has been refined from first Kimball Care and then Brandon Sparks and the coaching staff now with uh, with Coops being in place. And I'm sure Greg, Robbie, and, and Shawnee have all been together. Here's what we need. Go out and find us the best pieces for this. And Sparks has his own mad scientist method in the lab. Bunsen burners and beakers going, trying so to build many beakers. the perfect oh my gosh. rugby player and find that formula that works best for Dub Nation. Okay, a couple of notes as we uh, welcome Brandon Sparks to the program here. NOLA traded up to third, from third to second with D.C. earlier this week. Okay? They wanted to get up in second position. 174 players, as you see the draft order, uh, in the pool. 82% from the USA and Canada. L.A. has traded all their picks. Austin has the 33rd pick, seventh in uh, round three. Of course, ownership in question at the moment with those two teams. And uh, as you see the order, Dallas will go first. That's coming up in a few moments. And then, uh, you know, NOLA up to two. D.C., Utah at four. Now, you don't want the fourth pick because that means you have the fourth worst record. But Utah in a position to get a good player. We'll see what happens as we bring in general manager Brandon Sparks to Dub Nation. Brandon, it's an exciting day, especially for a GM. It's a draft. Let's go. Yeah, it's a, it's a relieving day to begin with because, uh, you know, this has been probably since January we've been working on this. And even some of these kids we've spent the last two years looking at and working on uh, and scouting and asking questions on. So, yeah, it's always, you know, this is probably the this is Christmas for, for rugby folk <laughs> in the GM world. So, yeah, we're excited about what, what's on offer. Well, this is like the culmination of a lot of work with your staff uh, going all the way back to the Collegiate Rugby Shield and how many of those players were able to focus on and feature their talents here. Talk about what you were able to learn from that experience with the CRS to now using that information on draft day. Yeah. I mean, a lot of credit needs to be given to the assistant general manager, Nick Powell. Like, he put in a ton of work to create that CRS event. Uh, the CRS event is awesome because we found after running a series of combines that it wasn't uh, an effective way to really identify talent. Um, I'll tell you guys a personal story of, 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 a, of a misstep I had. Andrew Barrera was drafted by NOLA in year one. Um, we were at an event where we saw him. And we didn't think he performed very well. We thought he should have been a hooker. Uh, and I even went to Ryan Fitzgerald. And to Ryan Fitzgerald's credit, he didn't listen. Uh, and I said, you know, you should be a hooker. And, you know, we all saw how that went on. He had a, a barnstorming of a year in year one. And then, you know, became a USA Eagle. And we really felt that that was kind of our, our test subject about why we need to do something bigger like the CRS to create a bigger event where we can see them multiple days, see how they train, how they eat, how they interact with each other. And you find some things out. You know, there's some guys that I think would have probably gone in round one this year that probably won't uh, just because of what they did at the CRS. And there's some guys that are going to go in round one likely that 
that performed well at the CRS. Uh, that, you know, and there's there. some guys that came out of nowhere that are yeah, now getting yeah. attention because of that showcase. Yeah. That was right. an incredibly entertaining game, and some guys literally yes. was like, look, apples to apples, here's what I can do. Yeah, like, let's be honest, somebody like Nolan Buckley, who came from the school uh, UMass Lowell, you guys yeah. know where that's at? Yeah, either do I. Most likely a lot of people watching this. It's in Massachusetts, that's yeah. all I know. Yeah. And, you know this, it's, 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 not, it's nothing bad against it's nothing bad against the school itself, but like, you know, the CRS and the draft are, are, are tailored to find those kids like that. And, and, you know, like the kid's 6'3", 205 pounds, you know, he came in, he could play over the ball, even at the height that he was at, he could jump, and he learned quick. Like, without that event, that kid goes unnoticed. Nobody opens his link to look at his films. You know, and he came in here as an unknown and left somebody that was on the board. We'll be excited to see what happens with him today. Okay, the uh, the commish is at the podium, and the first kick uh, pick of the MLR draft is about to happen with the Dallas Jackals. We'll listen in for a sec. Sam Gola from Cal goes first off the board. What was your assessment of Sam from what you saw? Yeah, Sam big strong unit uh you know played at one of the most prestigious uh, rugby universities in america under jack there uh you know i, I think he probably was the safest and smartest number one to pick out there i think it was pretty consensus draw that he was probably going to go one or two right yes. depending on the needs yeah yeah and you know in dallas i think not that kid high character kid obviously come up where he's at you know six four two thirty five you know he's gonna be strong he's gonna be powerful he saw what he could do in the college game and i think that he's almost as pro ready as one looking back to last year in terms of uh not only performance but use Felt like you crushed it with the three that you picked in, in Joey Backey and Connor right and Emerson. Yeah. Obviously, there were injuries um, and, and stuff that put them in the play, but how do you find more Connors and more Emersons and more Joeys? Uh, I think it's trust in the process. You know, with Greg coming on board, with Greg coming on board, he's really helped us establish the culture that we wanted when it comes to talent identification. I think this is the first year that we've had every single coach buy into the process, like really buy into the process. Um, you know, last year, like last year, I think we got lucky because we gave Joey Bakke was somebody that we stopped for two years and we knew and we were, you know, we, we got handed a gift by Connor Burns dropping, dropping number two. And then, you know, if I'm handed with you, I believe that everybody in Canada was completely 100 wrong about somebody like Emerson Pryor. And the fact that he was there, we were able to grab him when we did in round three, and to see him contribute as well as he did all year, like that kid's a superstar. And I think with Elijah and him, we have, and even Joey, we have the future of North American's rugby dominance in our pathway right now. In our to go with Angus and Palm. Emerson Pryor lost one scrum against the head in the minutes that he played. That's it. Again, it's unbelievable. After his first start, he came off the field. We asked, like, how did it feel in that scrum? And he said, oh, the scrums are training are way harder. When you've got Ollie Khalifi, when you've got Paul Mullen, when you've got Gus McClellan that you're training against, there's only up to go from there. Yeah, and, you know, the credit needs to be given to those guys. Those guys have really taken on a mentorship role with, them, or with those younger props. And, like, we're, we are, I am confident to say that we are building monsters here 
And yeah, it's going to continue to be extended until the league, you know, starts to trend back, maybe a little bit more expansive and less direct style of play. You know, we've got to really invest in that Sam Gola has gone first to Dallas from Cal. Uh, next, next up uh, is going to be Nola, who traded up to get the second pick with DC. And so we'll see who they pick. Utah sitting at four and eleven. Two picks in the first round. How does that change your philosophy as opposed to say one, which would be normally? And and how did you get? Remind me the eleventh. You traded into that spot. Yeah, we traded an international spot to Nola for number eleven. In um, you know, this class is a little unique in the regards that they were the first class impacted by COVID. Um, that means that, for the most part, at least every kid went a year without rugby, sometimes two years, and even up to worse, two and a half years without rugby. Wow. Yeah. So, like, I, I think this class as a whole has a lot of mental toughness because if you go two and a half years without playing rugby, you know, you've got Warzone, you've got TikTok dances, you've got all the things that these kids are out there doing now days that could have easily have captured their attention and gone the other way and for them to come back to the game and then declare for this draft you know they're, they're going to be some really tough kids and stuff, you know but at the same time they have missing developmental, developmental opportunities so i think in the first round as it is with every year we're going to try to future proof our program and our organization by finding some kids that we can just settle into and develop over, over time and, you know, again, hopefully we'll keep building. Uh, we never want to rebuild. We always want to rebuild. You, I look at the process with someone specifically like Elijah Hayes, who's been with the team for a couple of seasons, really, developed physically, worked with Maddie, came into his own as an athlete in changing the structure of his body and then the work that he was able to put in. How has Coops come in and kind of shifted the needs and desires as a head coach compared to what you guys were looking at before Coops came in. Yeah, I, I mean, it's helped a lot because we already recruit from player profiles. We score, like we score everybody's height, weight, skill set, so on and so forth. You know, what he's come in and brought to the organization is more articulated profile about what we need and how we want to play and what kind of players we need to go out there and find. Uh, so that's been hugely beneficial to the recruitment process uh, and where we can go. And obviously, you having uh, a global network from his experience, you know, goes a long way to being able to reach out and find somebody. You're talking about a guy that's got connections in France, that's got connections in Japan, his home country in New Zealand, and now here in America. Okay, second pick, uh, about to go down with Nola. First pick with Sam Gola, Dallas, Cal. Second pick. Sebastiano Bellani of St. Bonaventure, scrum half that we saw in the Collegiate Rugby Shield. He played really well, especially in the first 15 minutes of that game. Had a couple of fantastic plays, right? Yeah, he was actually out here on uh, Monday, this Monday, this past Monday with a workout with us. So, you know, credit to him. Good job to him, man. Like that, he comes from a really strong program. You know, Tui Osborne and what, like, if you ask me, Tui Osborne is one of the collegiate coaches, probably on the lot already. Um, and he's developing athletes like that, like he's going to contribute on day one right away. And probably unheralded in the IQ that he gives his players, not just the way he developed them physically. Yeah. And, and you know, Sebastiano is a, is a unique case, too. He's born, he was born in Italy, he's Italian. Uh, he spent time in the Zebra Academy. Playing over there, uh, so he's very polished. And then him coming to America at the age of 16, when his dad opened the business out there, and playing through the the New England 
high school system, which is one of probably the better high school competitions out there, he was ready and, and he showed well. He's a national champion. There's a lot that you could talk about that kid. He's a great high character kid. High character. And we see it outside of the CRS has a good recycle rate, sees the field well, puts the ball in the right place at the right time. Like he does all the kind of things you want your little general on the field to have. And, you know, we, we did a little therapy test with him on uh, Sunday night. We took him out for dinner. We took him to a pizza place. You know, it really tested the Italian. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he spoke up. He didn't, wasn't afraid. He spoke up. He looked, what is this? This is a pizza? It's not where I come from. It's what I would expect you from know, a nine. Little Caesars was box, a terrible right? choice, yeah. Brandon. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Come, come on, man. Come on, Who is like, this Pop yeah. John you speak yeah. of? That's funny. Talk to, me, talk to me about the role of this draft. Because like we talked about, a draft is an American idea. Yes. Talking to Greg Cooper. Did you have to explain, like, okay, we have a draft and, like, this is how it goes down? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. It, like, you know, we have growing up in it. You're like, oh, the draft. Yeah, a draft's a big deal. Though, yeah, America. so then, like, to explain to anybody about, like, no, no, it's like a lottery. But for talent, you know, it, it's, it's always a... a, a Unique conversation. You know, our league is very Americanized, which raises everything. Even that, like, we spend a lot of time talking to Like, even, you know, listening to, oh, yeah, we traded in the first round. You did what? Yeah, we traded in. Like, ask us. Like, what did you trade? I don't know. Bag of ball? Any, anything and everything. Is that what salary cap considerations <laughs> means? A bag of ball? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we're out there trying to trade everything and anything that we possibly yeah, like the draft is, is you know, but I think it's, it goes a long way to help like find those diamonds in the rough, which there are a lot of like, you know, it, it's, it's, it's as, it, as much of an entertainment factor as it is, it's just more talent development and discovery. When you explain that, not just to a coach like Coops, but to some of the international players through the CRS, how did they take it in learning? what they needed to do to get noticed in the draft. Because there was a lot of coaching and teaching that you guys did for these players as well during that event. Yeah. I think a lot of it, like, for those kind of kids, you know, the nice thing is with the internet nowadays, the world's like, this is my old man. Like, ah, get off my lawn. <laughs> you know, it's made the world so small. Very small. Especially the younger generation, we're seeing coming to the school too. The draft isn't that important of a concept, especially with the popularity of the NFL. So, like, you know, explaining it to like, there's a couple of extremely talented teams in this draft, and you explain, like, hey, you know, yeah, how can you do this? You know, there was genuine excitement. Like, you know, and we had the MLR out at the event, and they walked through the draft process. I think it was extremely beneficial for the educational aspect. It allowed them to ask questions, like, hey, what does it look like? So, yeah, I think that was a really glad board. Yeah, referring to uh, T.S. Karamuti and, uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, let's see, Tomas Caceres was the other Argentine. Yeah, those guys uh, knew each other. You shutting off your mic so you don't have to do the interview anymore? Mike actually was never on. <laughs> Mike was, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Greg Cooper, for uh, yeah. Is that what he said? Your yeah, mic's not on? Uh, you coming through my mic? Do I need to lean in a little yeah. closer here? Let's get real weird. So, yeah. Put your beard detail. on my beard. Yeah. <laughs> Minor detail. So we've got Sam Gola. Yep. Sam Gola from Cal going to Dallas. Sebastiano Milani, St. Bonaventure to Nola. Next up, DC, who went from two back to three with that Nola pick, and that is about to go down right now. And then the Warriors are up at four. Okay, third pick is presented by Ali 
Calixto Martinez out of UBC, British Columbia. A prop uh, who wasn't in collegiate uh, rugby shield, a guy who goes third here. And uh, yeah, well, now the Utah Warriors are on the clock, but uh, we do know that you're going to trade out of this pick. So tell us about that. Breaking news on Dub Nation, guys. <laughs> Thankfully, Dub Nation is much kinder to our people than, let's say, the New York Giants or the Pittsburgh yes. Steelers or yes. the Dallas Cowboys fans might be. And, and, if, and if you really don't want to talk, you just can turn it off. You know yeah. I mean? again. Yeah. 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 So, um, you felt like you could still get who you wanted at nine and now 11 later in the first round. Yeah. Yeah. We felt like we had a target. We had a target. Um, I mean, we really had a target. We started this really, really down on what our top 10 looks like. We've sussed it out. We looked at it. We concentrated on it. Yeah, I think when you guys find out, it's pretty exciting. Discussion. Nice. Uh, so, we've been out so, and, and, and we should ask this, what, what positions are uh, in need? Because in, in other drafts, in the NFL, that guy's a starter. Point. You want that player to contribute during the season, but the expectation isn't per se to start. To not say anything, I, I'm waiting. I see that I'm looking, see, seeing for, uh, seeing if the rest of the front office is like, cut his mic off, cut his mic off. <laughs> it was, it was Kimball. I get it. So what you're saying is he's a backline player. Um, I'm going to stop you before you say anything else you're not supposed to say and ask you this follow-up question. When you look at the holes in the team and the team needs and combine that with your process, what are you looking at most to evaluate these players before they get onto that probably priority board of three to five guys that you're looking at through these rounds? What does it take to get your attention? I, I think with the, uh, the style of rugby that we play, um, you know, we've always been a good size first. Our size profiles are, are, are good. We always we have a say and we try to find two one size to the areas. And then Coach will have to be one down. So we started with just trying to find players with the size that match what we need. And then from there, like, like let's be honest, guys, like, we have some of the best coaches. We have halfway coaches in the entire MLR setup. I would back any of our coaches from Ali all the way up to Cooper to help us build the athletes that we need to build. So I'm confident that like whatever deficiencies there are, they won't be deficiencies for long. They're gonna build on strengths and they can close up weaknesses and make make sure we've got some really good production players. We saw we saw what Robbie did with Emerson Fryer over just a couple months. Like imagine you're talking about a guy that's got two or three years playing at that position and the subtleties 
of playing at a tight head and loose head because he can play both sides. That versatility has got to be such a safety blanket to have as a coach. You know, a guy like that can come off the bench, cover both sides. Well, we appreciate that. We're going to talk to you a bunch. We'll bring you back on uh, during the ninth pick. We'll let you go and get your beatings from the other people for (laughs) for letting leak what the picket number nine may or may not be. We cannot confirm (laughs) nor deny anything that Brandon Sparks has said here. Free pick. We can confirm with Brandon later. Thanks, Brandon. Okay, we'll bring on uh, Cisco coach Sean Davies in the house here in just a moment. But in case you missed it moments ago, and you can leave it on. It's just okay. tap it to leave it. Uh, sh- uh, <laughs> the Utah Warriors trade down from four to nine with ATL. Got some salary cap considerations. 11 also a pick. 18. And then we can report that uh, the Warriors also traded with, uh, with Austin, I believe, to get that 33rd pick. So four picks in all. Four, uh, now nine and 11 in the first, 18 now in the second, and 30 in the third overall. What do you think of that move to trade down? You know, in this draft, there's a lot of talent. There's not really a lot of talent for where the Warriors specifically need help. So, you know, you can already kind of anticipate that they're going to have to go out in the free market and find some guys maybe to fill some of these second row holes, for example. There's some good players in this draft who are second rowers but they don't have the physical attributes, like Brandon said, was such a priority yeah. to be able to play that position at this level. I think the tallest second rower in this draft is 6'5". And we really, in, in Major League Rugby and at the international level, you need to be 6'6", 6'7", even 6'8", at that second row position to contend and to be a factor both in the air and over the ball. So there's a lot of those things where you can kind of look and read between the lines and go, okay, so those guys don't physically exist in this draft. Now let's look at taking the best talent available to us in those positions and get, like Brandon says, the value guys. Yeah. You know, find the elite athlete in a secondary position, and now we've got salary cap space so we can go out and get those free agents that we need. And you're getting premier talent like the one and only Sean Davies. Speaking of. Elite level human being. Is he on now? Can we Should we check yeah. this? Yeah. Well, says, let's, uh, why don't we get Sean on? Let's throw to uh, an ad about season tickets, shall we? Experience what everyone is talking about. The nonstop, action-packed, and fan-favorite sport of Utah. Warriors Rugby. Experience Utah's most exciting professional sport with group nights and single game and season tickets available. Renew your season tickets for the 2023 season now with eight games starting as low as $99. Visit warriorsrugby.com for details. Okay, we've got assistant coach Sean Davis on the program, USA Eagle, uh, starting scrum half 2019 World Cup. We got the Bob Barker now. It's a mini Bob Barker. Don't forget to spay and neuter your pets, folks. Yes, yes. And hold that right up, right up there so we can hear it. So, John, uh, what's this like? Because as a South African, a draft is not like a thing, right? This is a very American thing we've been talking about, but it's exciting for the Utah Warriors and MLR. This is almost like you just heard me say how awesome this is, and we had to follow up. Yeah, now this is unreal. Um, The fact that for an international person to come in, Major League Rugby, have a draft, I think it's awesome now, but I can only imagine year 10, year 15, how unreal this event's going to be. When we just heard the energy in the room, they obviously just announced that uh, Utah trade that fourth pick the uh the chihus and the excitement in the room knowing that that pick was there you can feel the the, the palatable energy in the room almost like a game day 
excitement for the whole process. No, exactly. I mean, especially to have this many season ticket holders out for an event like this, it just shows you how much rugby is growing um, in, in the MLR. And yeah, I mean, it's it, this is awesome. I'm really enjoying all of this. Is awesome. Fourth pick is in Atlanta, chose Seth Purdy of Cal, uh, a team that, Sean, you beat multiple times for a national championship. <laughs> <laughs> At BYU, which was awesome. Cal, of course, putting out a ton of talent. Um, what was it like with this coaching staff to evaluate who you want to take in this draft? Because these guys are the future. We saw last year all three dudes played prominent roles on this team. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. Um, we, we take the draft really seriously because we know in order to be that powerhouse, to be that team we want to be, you have to have development from within. So we, we take it real seriously. And um, much like you said, Jerem, in terms of Bernsey and Emerson and Joey, these boys, they do add a lot of value in the team. So we, especially Brandon and Nick, they spend countless hours looking. Luckily, they wooded it down a little bit for us. So that made it a little bit easier. But um, yeah, no, we take the drop real seriously. We're excited for the talent that comes up. What is the way in from the staff on those players because ultimately it's the GM's job to acquire the players, you coach the players, but what's that relationship like in terms of, hey, I really like this guy, what are we thinking? I mean, in fairness to Brandon, they say Burnsy, Connor Burns. I, I, I was the one who went to Brandon and said, I really like this kid, let's get Burnsy. Brandon, all good with that. And um, in terms of this year, Brandon, like you said, Brandon and Nick did a really good job because there's there's thousands of kids who are applying for the drafts. And um, we're lucky enough that they, they put it down. Then we were able to go in and um, have a look at a much smaller number with a little more in depth. And then it's a it's a conversation from there. How was it for you with the Collegiate Rugby uh, Shield being here in Utah to see and actually physically evaluate some of those kids for yourself? Yeah, again, this... This whole thing is awesome. Like, it's so different. <laughs> Nothing like this exists overseas anywhere. This yeah. is such a uniquely American a thing. American the Collegiate thing. Rugby yeah. Shield, the draft, all of it. So, I mean, you grew up in South Africa. I grew up in New Zealand. It is really a special thing to be here. No, it is. It is. And, like, and it's so exciting because it is so different. And rugby at the moment is so monotonous. It's so copy and paste. So something that is different is out of the norm is really exciting. And I think I think this will pick up. I think, I think people from all over the world will watch the Rugby Network propaganda and yeah, get excited about this. It's certainly uh, fun. Uh, pick five is in. Toronto took a Wayne Rutten out of the University of British Columbia, a kid from Ontario, and now six, uh, the sixth pick for Nola Gold, who has a ton of picks in this draft, and three in the first round are picking number six, and they are going to take... Chase Jones out of St. Mary's. St. Mary's has emerged as a very good program the last several years uh, in the barrier there with Cal, and Chase Jones goes six. So three picks away from nine and 11. Uh, they're five picks away. What was the conversation like in evaluating what the needs were positionally? And as the backs coach, I'm sure you're pulling for some backs here somewhere, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, so it's with the draft, we take. Obviously, we have positions we're looking at, but we're also looking for athletes in the diamond and rough. Um, but the gap between college rugby and the MLR, there is a bit of a gap. We have to acknowledge that, but it is getting smaller and it will continue to get smaller each year. Um, so the big thing is trying to find a dumb diamond in the rough, trying to look at the sort of positions we need, but then also keeping an open up. Because you're looking for the positions, but you're also looking for the best player that's available. Congratulations, by the way, on re-signing your contract and, uh, and, and being here now with this core coaching group, having Greg Cooper, having Big Robbie back and you back. It's got to feel good now for everything you guys fought through to be able to start not fresh, 
but you have this incredible core, right, that you guys can now build on. No, exactly. I think we, we did start picking up a little bit of momentum toward the back end of the season. Um, obviously, the momentum's carried through with the hundreds, hundreds of people that are here for the, for the draft. Um, I'm just bloody excited. I'm bloody excited to learn. Learn from Coops. Um, the man's got more, more experienced coaching than I've been involved. Probably, probably more He's forgotten more about rugby than I've even ever known. Yeah. No, exactly, exactly. And that's, that's what Robbie and I are craving. We, we're bloody excited. We, we have all the energy in the world. We just need that to be refined a little bit. And Coops is going to come and he's going to help us with that. But then also at the same time, like you said, we have a bloody good group of boys. We have a bloody good group of boys. We're really excited. It really feels like a King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table, where there's, there is a very clear and definite leader, but everybody's got a voice at the table here, you know? Like, it, it has that vibe to it. No, no, exactly. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Does Max, Ikea, that is correct. Does was Ikea was, have a table? Was we that can poetic enough? Did I, can I, did, I, did I dip into my literary well of knowledge enough for that one? Yeah, right. <laughs> That's pretty good. Okay, seventh pick is in. Nola selects Trent Rogers out of Kutztown. Uh, national champions out of Pennsylvania there. He's from Cincinnati. And so eight. And they take back-to-back -back forwards. They take a prop and a lock. And uh, with their sixth pick. Prop and lock, yeah. Probably the best lock available in the draft with that kid's work rate and his mm. ability with the ball. He's a guy that's going to probably play. But still, at the professional and international level, at only 6'5", that's a guy that might struggle a little bit in the air against some of the taller, bigger talent. It's crazy when you say 6'5 is short in some way. But it's true, right? <laughs> you need like a 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, so Dallas is next then Utah, and uh, then at 10, uh, Atlanta, and then Utah again. So uh, exciting to see what Utah is going to do here in a couple of picks. What's the offseason been like for you outside of trying to keep this job? <laughs> no, it's been good. It's been good. I mean, to be honest, after after that season, I took a few weeks off to decompress. And, well deserved. Uh, try and find my true north again. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, been, it's been good. It's been good to... Um, get back into it. Also, I had a couple of weeks break. It's been really good to get back into rugby. And I mean, I, I came over to America in college rugby, so I, I really enjoy looking at all the college kids speaking to Colton Carriago and Blaf, Stevie from, obviously from BYU, just talking to all the coaches around the scene. I think it's amazing, to be honest. How's college rugby going and evolving? Like that that pathway, is it getting better to where they're more ready to play in MLR? We, we, we've seen, uh, you know, guys do it, but yeah. there's a little bit of a gap still, obviously. Oh, no, yeah, this there's definitely a gap, and I think I think COVID didn't help with that much because mm. didn't have ball in hand for two years. You know, yep. ball in hand, obviously. Um, but I think I think the big thing is that it, it's not let's call it spade a spade. It's not just the BYU and Cal. It's not just Laugh and Lindenwood. Now there's there's more teams. The talent is spread more throughout the throughout the colleges, throughout yep. the leagues. So therefore. The level might drop a tiny bit, but overall, four Cal, four BYU, these things, but overall, it's a thousand times better. I like seeing, you know, the two Argentines from Thomas Moore come to the Cleveland Rugby Shield. Like, these guys won national championships. Yeah. They can play. Exactly. They're really good. They'll probably be called tonight. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly it. I mean, not necessarily the, with these two being from being the Argies, having rugby um, and having a ball in hand from a young age, but it is that diamond in the rough. If you can find that diamond in the rough, you win the MLR. You, sorry, you win the draft. Yeah, and maybe the MLR later. And and you asked about the Collegiate Rugby Shield, but obviously the Warriors hosting it, that's awesome. You can see these guys. Anyone could show up from the league, but what role did that play in this entire process of being able to see them in person? I think the big thing is you get to watch all this tape. You get to see, see the habits on the field. You get to see their skill level, but you don't know them as an individual because – the big thing is we all know that yes, X and O is awesome, but Cole 
culture and environment or the big thing with rugby to get the culture and environment right, more than likely you're going to have a successful rugby team. Um, so we were able to have a conversation with a whole bunch of college kids that, to be, again, Nick Collins did an unreal job with that, and yep. he needs to have the props for that because that was an awesome event. But it was it was so good for us to be able to have these conversations, see these kids, see see the desire they want to get better. Nick's running around here somewhere. We should give him a shout we, out. He's, we probably should talk to him. He's got his CRS shirt on. He's so proud of that. Yes, as yes, he should he does. be. It was a fantastic event. So, um, as you look into the next year, what are you most excited to build on for this team? You guys saw a lot of success. The attack came back. The excitement came back. The fire came back into this team at the end of 2022. What are you most excited about for the next year? I think, to be honest, I'm just excited to get stuck back into it because we did have that momentum towards the back end of the season. Um, I think going forward, we, we, we've obviously had a lot of success, but I think I think the standard going forward is going to be a little bit higher and it's going to keep going to be push, push, push. So I'm excited for, obviously, but I'm also excited to see how much arm building for these boys, how much arm again. Just trying to push myself as much as, as, much as I can as much, to be honest. Well, Sean, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining <laughs> us. And uh, congratulations on resigning as an Thank assistant you, coach. Good, Enjoy the rest good of the day. Cheer, boy. Cheer, boy. Sean's off to go get the uh, round table for the, uh, <laughs> for the staff, which will be awesome. So, again, Jeremy Jordan alongside Banksy here for a live edition of Dub Nation. Great to have you with us here at Zions Bank Stadium. Season ticket holders behind us having a great time. Uh, I feel like I should get like we should we need to have a Plinko game with this microphone. Oh, dude, Plinko's like, like my favorite had, from Brad. If we Brad, had dude. Plinko and we had the big wheel, and then <laughs> if we could get a little puck for cash as our final <laughs> games, you know, I'd love to. And you want a new car? Yeah, I've I, always wanted to do that. I have a neighbor who won a couch. Like really? Was, yeah, he won a couch. He my, has. He my has mom the video was on the show a few years ago. Really? That's what I said. Usually, thirty years ago. A she few was on years the show. ago. Okay. And she got called down to the podium but never made it past. Oh. I was hoping she'd be the $1 person. No. Because that nope. person is always the smartest. Jeez. Okay, so we have seen seven picks. Uh, eighth pick up right now, then Utah at nine and 11. We're about to get two and three, unless they trade out of it. So the eighth pick, big enough as we speak, to the Dallas Jackals, had the first pick, now have the eighth pick. They pick Ethan Hager out of the University of Victoria in Ontario. So the Canadian going to Dallas, and now the Utah Warriors are on the board. That's a smart pick if you're the Dallas Jackals. That gives them a weapon that can play the 12, 13, or 14, 15 position, a really versatile back and a big guy, too, at uh, over six foot, and I believe right around 200 pounds. That's a big body that can get up and move. Now we got to look forward to, finally, the Utah Warriors' first official pick in this draft. The Warriors are on the board at nine, and then 10 goes to Atlanta, and then 11 goes back to Utah. So we're going to see two of the next three picks. We've talked about what you want to see here. Um, Utah's got some things to address. We talked about the pathway and the role of this. You don't have to throw them in right away. But maybe you do, because what we saw with Connor Burns and Emerson Pryor and Joey Becky as a backup was that they played. So whoever's picked, they got a chance to play next year. You know, the depth in a prof of a professional rugby team really speaks to the quality of the organization, right? Like when you get, especially for the Warriors, into that out of that game day 23 and into those boys that are typically the gorilla squad right yep. all of those yep. guys are gonna see minutes it's not an if it's a when you're gonna pick up injuries you're gonna need rehab time they're gonna need to manage your workload so whoever gets picked i think should expect to play some rugby i would expect them probably 
to get a cap or two this season. Don't expect them to start or be a star, but I think you can get somebody that can contribute in a real serious way. Okay, Utah went from fourth down to nine, and here comes the commissioner, George Kilbrew, with the pick. And listen to this reaction here in a moment. Ty Cowley. Ty, Ty is here with 25 members of his family, a kid from Orem, Utah, who went all the way to Pennsylvania to play his college ball in Kutztown, won a national championship, played high school Pleasant Grove. This is a local kid with the Utah Warriors. Pretty awesome. This is that commitment that the Warriors have to the halfway program in, in really honoring the history and legacy of rugby and the quality of players that develop here from the early club ranks, the high school ranks. Uh, you got to love a guy like Ty who's got that big physicality that the Utah Warriors are looking for, but the speed and pace of play that this guy has in his development. Now you want to work under the tutelage of Nige, of Sean Davies, of all of the other quality scrum halves that we have in this organization, sky's the limit for a kid like this. We saw him in the Collegiate Rugby Shield. He's a good player. This is an awesome pick for Utah, not only because of his skill, his, his local flavor and national champions. You see General Manager Brandon Sparks there with Ty Coway. Kakoa, it goes by Ty, pronounced Coway. Really good player. This is going to be fun. And at Scrum Half, there's been a nice history of successful Scrum Halves last couple of years with the Utah Warriors. He adds to this group. It's a really deep group now for the Warriors and to continue to develop him in his rugby IQ, especially now with Cooks coming in. Well-deserved round of applause for, yep. uh, for Ty behind us. And we'll talk to him coming up in a couple a of minutes. Really exciting yeah. guy to have. But now you're talking about the Warriors probably being four deep at that position Incredible. on game day. And all of those guys being able to contribute with different styles, with different tactics, with different game plans. Because coaching staff want to implement against any given team, you have a versatility of tools there to be able to do it. And he's so he's 5'10, 190, 23 years old. He's actually played a bunch of sevens. He's even played on a team with Joe Mano and Mikey Teo. He's already familiar with some of the main guys. And this is great too, because a guy that has that kind of experience playing in that uh, that premier sevens competition, playing through with that Cutstown team that he played with in Pennsylvania. This is a guy that's used to playing in speed and pace. It's used to playing with the ball in hand. His style fits very well with the Utah Warriors. He's done and gone through hard things. His uh, mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. He, he went across the country to play college ball. He transferred high schools. So he's gone through the ringer here, but uh, he is the newest Utah Warrior, Ty Coway. Out of Orem, cuts down in college. He's coming home. We'll talk to him in a couple of minutes. Tenth pick just happened as well. Rugby ATL, Matt Gelhouse, a loose head lock from, uh, or a loose head and a, a lock from uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, went to Kutztown as well, a teammate of Ty. And then the, the Warriors are now on the board at 11. Do you expect a forward here after the back? Uh, I would hope for probably more depth at that loose forward position. Obviously picking up a big second rower. We just saw Gelhouse go as that loose head lock. You know, normally they don't designate what side a lock is going to play on, whether he's a tight head or a loose head side. So interesting that he designated himself as that loose, loose head, head lock. Um, something unique there. I've never seen or heard of that before. Um, it would be great to get more depth at that probably six, seven, eight position. I'd love to see a big, versatile eight man that can combine with Yuri Van Buren or somebody that can, you know, when you look at having Bailey, Lance, um, when, you, when you look at 
so many of them. We just lost Mike Gieselman and traded him away. So yep. that depth needs to be replaced yep. there in that in that loose forward position. And let's talk about that uh, for a moment because there were a couple of moves last week. Uh, Mike Gieselman uh, goes to the Seawolves for salary cap considerations. James Wyfale traded to Nola Gold for a uh, second round pick. Uh, that 18th overall pick uh, in the second round there. So, also the Warriors traded for Andrew Quatrin to Toronto. Then they gave up an international slot 2023. Then traded Quatrin to New England for salary cap consideration. So, I thought we were going to have Andrew Quatrin, but he just he just think, got moved. I think he was a Warrior yeah. for like 16 hours officially. <laughs> uh, that was a quick turnover. And, quick. and getting value. One of that. the great Warriors in uh, the five-year history of. Uh... It's a long storied history of elite level. <laughs> So recapping things, uh, we're at Zions Bank Stadium, Jerem Jordan and Banksy with the season ticket holders here. Ty Cowley, the ninth overall pick, first to the Warriors. We'll talk to him coming up a little bit later. 11th pick for the Warriors now is on the clock. We'll see who the Warriors select. We'll talk to Brandon Sparks here in a moment. And Ty and uh, Joey Backey as well coming up, who was the ninth overall pick last year. But uh, we've already seen one pick. Warriors also have a, a couple of other picks coming up later in the draft as well, 30 and 33 now. Uh, and then, of course, uh, they have uh, the 18th pick as well, getting that in that James Fifala trade. So more picks here. Now, let's talk through this process too. There's no guarantee these guys show up and even play for the Warriors. Ty's here. I think he's playing. But uh, some of the other guys, uh, the rights go through about May, and then they can become just a free agent. Not everybody shows up on that team. But last year, all three did, and all three played, and all three are big parts of this team. It's a really unique thing with the MLR draft is that with the other major sports that we see in America, those deals are guaranteed based on your draft position. Here, yeah. They still have to work out the business end of these deals on top of the rugby playing and the playability and how prepared and ready these guys are. So some of these guys might get under contract and then be sent to play in other places uh, or with other teams to gain more experience. And that's a real possibility for some of these players that you can see. Okay, so we've got Ty Cowley waiting on the 11th pick from the Utah Warriors. Uh, again, live on FS2, companion piece with the Utah Warriors flavor here. Second and third rounds will be on the Rugby Network coming up after the first round. We'll take you through the first round and probably a little beyond to talk to some of the main players here. But if you missed it, First overall pick, Sam Gola from Cal. Then we've had a, a couple of Bears. UBC, two in the top five, uh, which has been interesting, right? So it's interesting to see the college game evolve to where you have an opportunity to go to a professional league in the United States. There is a draft. It's all quantifiable now. There, there are lead-ups to the draft. Like, life is different for the college rugby player today than it ever has been. And I think it's going to continue to develop, and it really is going to be uh, imperative on the college governing boards to organize and sort out and really unify their competitions now sure. in who plays where and yep. who's playing for what. Because the MLR teams have come and, for the most part, established pathways in each of their various markets. They have partnerships with a lot of these schools. Our rugby community is still a very small and interconnected community. We totally. all know each other for the most part. It's one degree of separation. So now, in order for these players to be more competition ready, the quality of competition at the collegiate level is going to have to increase. And that's going to have to start with these schools demanding that their governing body organize properly into an elite level competition um, so that they are more prepared to face the challenges of the professional game, both here and overseas. And we'll see what that looks like because certain schools want to play in the fall, certain want to play in the spring. 
Others want to do 15s and 7s. So There's several clubs that aren't even divisions. fully endorsed uh, collegiate programs at their schools. They're, a, they're considered intramural clubs, some of them, but they're college programs that are an official club. They're not an official sports team inside the school. So they're not even sanctioned That's in some of these That's the case locally schools. with Utah and BYU as well. So Some schools choose to make it a varsity sport, Central Washington, Cal, and others, Lindenwood, uh, Life, and so on. And there are benefits and, you know, there are, right. there are negatives me, I wish, to that as well. I wish BYU made it a varsity sport. <laughs> I do. I do. That's where I met Kimball and uh, Sean and all these guys, right? But, but that's one of those yeah. things where the Division One, Division Two, even the Division Three teams, the, the Pacific Shield, there's all of these different competitions now, and these unifying bodies need to come together and do what's best for the athletes and raise that level of competition rather than worrying about doing what's best for them and their interests, a.k.a. the financial interests of these different governing bodies. It's time to put the future of the sport ahead of anybody's own personal needs. So to recap, Warriors have picked at number nine with Ty Cowley, scrum half from Kutztown, national champion out of Pennsylvania, local kid from Warham, Utah. And the Warriors are on the board for pick number 11, which is about to go down right now at the podium as the Warriors take their second pick of this draft, second of four selections. George Killebrew at the podium as the Warriors make their second pick. And with the 11th pick overall, the Warriors take Gabe Kettering from Lindenwood. Gabe Kettering, 6'3", 255, a guy that we saw in the Collegiate Rugby Shield. This guy is a unit. They have now added another prop to that already talented group. And most impressively, he's got a great head of lettuce that will fit right in on this team. <laughs> the guy's got the old Mississippi mud flap, you know, the Kentucky waterfall. Business the in the Missouri front, something, in the back, you know, Missouri everything that you could want in a front rower, and he just adds to that depth of first physical talent and ability, but also the the open play ability that these forwards need to have in this system that Coops and uh, and Robbie and Shawnee are putting together. You can't just be a guy that scrums. You yep. can't just be a guy that lifts. As a forward, especially as a type five forward, you've still got to be able to play with the ball in your hand. And Gabe is a guy having played at Lindenwood played sevens, played 15s, even as a prop. This is a guy that can play with the ball in hand in the open field. We'll talk to general manager Brandon Sparks in a moment. Also, Ty Cowley, who was here, the ninth pick. So, ninth pick, Ty Cowley. 11th pick, Gabe Kettering, 6'3", 255. He's from Missouri, went to Lindenwood, American-born, majored in chemistry with minors in math, philosophy, and engineering physics. Well, every, what in the world? Everybody knows that front row players are obviously the smartest, best-looking, <laughs> most intelligent, well-read. You know, there, there is a wealth of renaissance going on Say the with front row players. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's just the, the facts of life. You can't dispute this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, we can bring on Ty here in just a second. Absolutely. Uh, teammates with Ty Cowley at the Collegiate Rugby Shield, by the way, we, we did see both uh, in person, very impressed by both these guys. Obviously, Lindenwood, tremendous school, producing a lot of talent, notably current Warriors, Connor Burns and Colson Warner. So he becomes the third Lindenwood Lion with the Warriors. And I think this is a great development of the Lindenwood program now because Absolutely. you would expect to see backline players come out of that program that's famous for their success in the sevens program, right? But now to have a front rower come out of this as they continue to develop that 15s program and raise the game across the country, this I think is a big statement from the Warriors about 
the future of what the way they want to play. But also, it's a great statement that a guy like that can go as high as he did in the draft from that kind of program at a 15s level and not just be a sevens player. Right. Yeah, that you can do both. Um, Shane Barry just went to Seattle uh, out of UCLA, a kid from London. He is a wing. So pick 13, which is the last pick of the first round with rugby. New York is about to go down. Then we begin the second round all over with Dallas going and so forth. Utah with the 18th pick, also 30 and 33. But we will get you through the first round. If we get to the 18th pick, we'll react to that as well. We're here, man. We're having fun. We're not going to be here through uh, 39, though. I'll tell you that. Dub Nation uh, is actually physically yes. here behind and then, us. Let's bring really on Ty Cali over here. Congratulations. Hi, Kelly. Hey, how we doing, Ali? Ali Khalifi. Yeah. Congratulations, Wizzle, man. How does that feel? Are we on? Are we? Are we here? We're still rolling. How does it feel, man? The reaction of your family, friends, all behind the Dub Nation. Congratulations on being the Warriors' first draft pick in 2022. Thank you very much. Um, it was actually great. It's it's surreal. Um, I wanted to play professionally for as long as I can remember, whether it was football. But uh, once I got picked up to play rugby for Cutstown. Um, Playing MLR was a dream for me, and to continue playing rugby is what I've ever dreamed of. So. What does it mean as a kid from Utah to be drafted by Utah? Um, it means a lot. Uh, happy I can come home and uh, play for my family again, and all my friends that have been here for the last four years that haven't been able to watch me while I've been out of college. So uh, to be able to come home and play and be here at a familiar territory is, is a grateful feeling for me. So. How is the family, by the way? I know you have a lot of them here. Would you have 25 here or something? I mean, we are going to include kids, but I just brought my uncles, so we, we, shortened, we shortened 25 down. So. Hey, at the games, you can bring all the kids. Yeah, yeah. That'd be yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So how exciting is it to know coming in as a scrum half that you've got somebody like Sean Davies and some of the other players that are already on the roster to kind of work with and mentor you to take your game to the next level in this system? Um, it's great. It's a great opportunity for uh, me to learn uh, and grow and continue learning my skills. Um, Maybe learn as much tricks as I can because they have a lot of experience that I don't have, especially at this level. So if I can learn all the tricks and trades of what a scrum half is at the professional level, hopefully that can help me excel the game as well. We're talking to Ty Cowway, the ninth overall pick from the Utah Warriors. So walk us through kind of your life. You, you grew up in Orem. You go to Pleasant Grove. I did. Right? And then uh, you go all the way out to Pennsylvania for college. Yes, I did. And did you say you were originally going to play football? Was that the idea? Yeah. Um, I in high school for Pleasant Grove, I went there to play football professionally. Um, my senior year kind of just killed off for me all the practices and all the stuff I had to go to, and I wasn't I wasn't just feeling the sport of football anymore. Um, so then rugby was my only option, and then after the f football season, uh, 2018. Uh, Cutstown had come for a recruit trip and talked to me, and they gave me a scholarship to go play for them. So that was my chance. So, national championship, all of the success, and all of those things. Congratulations on all of that. Now, taking the next step, how has it been making that transition? I know you played a lot of 15s in your youth, but Cutstown plays a lot of sevens. You spent a lot of time in that format. What are you most excited about now playing in the full game? In a full game? Um, Probably just a good play, um, especially 15s. Uh, we have a very short season of 15s. Uh, they're opposite of Utah, so they play in the fall. Um, and we don't have the opportunity to continue into the spring like most teams, so ours kind of ends in the fall. But to be able to play for longevity-wise of 15s would be great. I mean, 
think 15s is fun. I think sevens is fun as well. I'm just not. It's too much running in seven. I'm not one of the speedsters. Everyone. Has <laughs> way, way too many. Way, way too much running. Way too much cardio. Yeah. yeah so I want to come off and have corned beef and rice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. A meat pie or something. Yeah. Hey, how about your Kutztown guys? Three in the top ten. Trent Rogers and uh, Matt Gelhouse. Yeah. Going in the top ten. What does that mean? Yeah. Um, Trent, Trent Rogers, great. Fantastic prop. Uh, one of my good friends, same with Gelhouse. Uh, contributed a lot to 15s. Um, contributed a lot in just the team-wise, uh, attitude-wise. And Gelly uh, got injured uh, his junior year playing for USA. So we kind of had him out for our senior year. But it was good to get him back towards the end. And to play with him was unbelievable. Um, never had a 6'5 guy on my team. So, you got a couple now with the you're, Warriors. You're about to. I got a couple now, I guess. So yeah. Uh, my family always says I'm the shortest, and I I really am the shortest on the field. So hey, that's all right. You're scrum out. Uh, let's talk about the the role of the collegiate rugby shield here. Uh -huh. What did you What did you experience there that gave you maybe a good taste for not only MLR but the Warriors who hosted that? Yeah, um, the experience of collegiate rugby shield was great. Uh, for its first year, it was fantastic. They had everything organized. From hotels to lunches to dinners to even get the experience to talk to the GMs is really nice um, just to get your name out there and have a casual conversation with the team is, is really nice um, and then to get out in front of like Utah and all of them and have them watch you play at that level helped out a lot um, they sleep in your own bed yeah see mom and dad I slept in the hotel room <laughs> I slept in the take room. advantage it's it too much of a drive for me, yeah so I just yeah I stay in the hotel room yeah Hey, hey, Orem feels like it's close. It's not. It's a it good 40, 30, minutes. 40 minutes. It's a good 40 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, come I, on, man. I can see it from the stadium. Yeah. It's the yeah. Because that means mountain. it's close. Come on, man. You live in Mapleton, bro. I'm, I'm way down there. Yeah. I'm down there. Okay. Which, you. For those watching that don't know, Mapleton actually far away from where we are right now. Actually Orem, far away. You can like skip a rock. You're giving Ty no excuses. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Kettering out of Lindenwood at 11 for the Warriors, a prop. He was on your team. Uh, what, what did you remember from Gabe in the Collegiate Rugby Shield? Um, Gabe, Gabe was an animal. Um, he played all 80 minutes from what I remember. Incredible for a prop. Yeah, incredible. For and the prop. weather that day. You'll hot. never play in a hotter game exactly. than you did the in the field temperature rugby. was 115 degrees on the pitch Woo. during that game. Yeah, it was very hot. But Gabe gave it his all for 80 minutes and fantastic prop and fantastic player. So I'm excited to get to play with him. Do you have any plans to step up your follicle game? There's a lot of great hair on this team. Gabe now added to that. I see you got the jo you got the little Jonalomu sauce in the eyebrow there. You got play you got a good head of hair there, kid. You got to take advantage of it before you end up like guys like me and Shawnee and Robbie. You know, do you any plans to grow the locks out? Um, I've tried. Uh, during COVID, I grew it out. I could put it in a ponytail, but. It's hard for me to play with long hair, but if I do it, you'll probably see me with a poofy head of hair for a while. Kind of look like an Oompa Loompa. <laughs> Just running on the Caleb Clark from the All Blacks going through yeah, that awkward exactly. stage right now. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's what I'll be looking like. So we got six months. There's time. You got time. You've got time. Right? That is true. That yeah. is true. Until we get the now, season going. Yeah, exactly. yeah. You, so you played sevens, uh, premier sevens with Joe Mano and Mikey Taylor. You already know a couple of these guys. Yeah. 
Yeah, I played with them over this last summer for the experts. Uh, only one tournament in Austin, but they're great. Uh, great energy. Uh, it was fun to learn from them as well since they've been here and, and played and just asking questions about how you talk runs and all that good stuff. It's fun to get to know them. So. Not, not bad, too. Mikey Teo, MLR player of the year two years ago. Joe Mono had seven tries in seven games. Like, those guys are good, man. Yeah. How do you feel, even in sevens and, I guess, Collegiate Rugby Shield, about kind of the speed of an all-star game like that compared to maybe what MLR might be? Um, the speed, I would say a little bit quicker for sevens, obviously. Um, it was a good experience for me to at least play some kind of professional league before actually getting into MLR. Um, it is a lot faster paced than college, um, but it was, it was a good experience. And Collegiate Shield rugby was also good. It was, it was a lot quicker paced, like you wouldn't expect it to be, but it was good. It was a good experience to get that speed and to understand how fast the game actually is yeah. in real time. Bro, I can't wait to see somebody like you in contact, man. For for a scrum half to have your size, your mobility, and your ability, Dub Nation, you should be really excited about having Ty in the red and black. Absolutely. Congratulations, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We'll let you go enjoy the rest of the moment with your family. Yeah, Welcome to Dub Nation. <laughs> Ty Cowway, the ninth pick in the draft, the first for the Warriors, 11th pick, Gabe Kettering as well. Kimball Kerr, the uh, CEO of the Utah Warriors, addressing the season ticket holders behind us, hopefully giving us a race. Uh, the 13th pick at the end of the first round, <laughs> Doyle Hedgepith, uh, loose head prop from Queens University of Charlotte. Uh, he's from Greenville, South Carolina. That ends the first round, so we are now into the second round now. I feel like I almost have to whisper because Kimball's addressing them behind us. It's like when dad's talking. You just got, everybody's got to stop and listen to dad. Sorry, I don't know. <laughs> now we can get loud. So Ty Cowley at nine. Gabe, uh, a scrum half out of Kutztown in Pennsylvania. Local warm kid, as we just talked to him about. 11th pick, Gabe Kettering out of Lindenwood, a prop. Now we wait for the 18th pick and what the Warriors do. They also have 30 and 33. We'll talk to uh, Brandon Sparks here in a moment, but... Two really nice additions in the first round. Two guys that we saw in the Collegiate Rugby Shield and got to know a little bit. I'm really excited about these picks. I'm ecstatic. I think you added two guys that can come in and get in that 23 right away. You know, when we had Sparksy on earlier, he kind of alluded to the fact that it was a, a, a backline player that was going to be taken with mm -hmm. that pick. And when you look at somebody like Ty and his physical abilities, he can play the nine. But this is also a guy in a physical game that can cover the 11 or 14 and play on the wing and give you an extra added layer of physicality with the speed that he already has as well. So a really versatile option there that can contribute in a lot of different ways. I imagine he'll still get most of his minutes at that scrum half position. And then, you know, the, the depth at the prop position is something that for every team should be a priority. You know, they say the two most important players on your roster, are your starting tight head prop and your backup tight head prop, because without that, all of your set piece falls nice. apart. You can't restart the game. You can't maintain your own possession. You can't execute the basics of rugby without those two positions. You know your starting tight head's probably going to go for 60. Your backup tight head's going to have to go for another 20 after that. So to add somebody like Gabe, who clearly has shown he can go 80 minutes, he's got the fitness, he's got the tenacity, he's got the work rate, he wants contact, he wants to get in the rucks, he wants to do the dirty work. So really exciting to have a guy like that. You add that to the IQ that the brain trust here has and teaching him now the best ways to move around the field and get involved. And I really feel like both of these guys are going to be contributors to the Warriors this season. I think so. And uh, you talked about IQ, the chemistry major with the minor. Hey, like, hey, I see what you did there. Bringing it. Well bringing done. it. So 18, 30, and 33 still on the board for the Utah Warriors. But uh, they pick 
twice in the first round, trade down from four to nine, you still get quality at that point in the first round in Ty Coway. And, uh, man, I'm excited to watch these I guys. I love that it's a local kid, too. I mean, the, the, gotta the, love the that. commitment to the Pathways program here, to the community here, in acknowledging what a local kid has done and making himself available. We saw the commitment to Joe Mano. We've seen the commitment to so many other guys like Tomasi that. Tomasi Tonga emerged know. as this local hometown kid Another year, great yeah. product. You know, who's the Utah Warriors, who's actually sitting behind us. Right behind us. Yep. So, you know, the, the commitment of this organization to those players, I think, really speaks volume. First, for him to be prepared and have the ability and availability to play here and then for the warriors to say that's our guy i'm pretty sure tomasi just smelled the food and just walked across town and uh, showed up <laughs> he's from harriman which is awesome again jerem jordan banksy here at zion's bank stadium home of the utah warriors stadium behind us uh with all the season tickets holders in here this is a great showing and if you want to be a season ticket holder do it you could be at this party next year and see these rookies in action. There's no better time than now to get your season tickets for the 2023 season. You know, rock the red and black, rock the four stripes and be ready. This is the best home field in all of Major League Rugby. Seven out of the 10 highest attended games in Major League Rugby were right here at Zions Bank Stadium, all right? It is a madhouse in all of the best ways. It is a unique rugby experience. Get your season tickets now. Go to warriorsrugby.com and click on the link. It is really, the banner is right there on the homepage. Let's get ready for Zions Bank Stadium 2023 and Dub Nation. Okay, first round in the books. Ty Calloway addressing the season ticket holders behind us here. Second round coming up again, 18th pick. The fifth pick in the second round will go to the Utah Warriors, 30 and 33 as well. So excited to see who they pick. We will talk to General Manager Brandon Sparks coming up in a moment about those two first round picks. We'll talk to Joey Backey as well, the ninth pick from last year who played as a backup several times uh, at Hooker for the Utah Warriors. But this is a group that went 5-11 and 11 last year. We've talked about how margin of loss was real close right there. Let go of Sean Pittman midseason, hired Greg Cooper after the season, retained both assistants. You get a lot of newness with Greg Cooper, with a couple of rookies. We will have more signings in the offseason announced later. But it's a very familiar group. But there are some nuanced new guys that'll bring some new life and a new energy. I think there's a whole other level of energy in a recharged franchise after this. The hiring of Coops, who is probably the most qualified head coach in all of Major League Rugby. When you look at his when you look at his history and where he's been, first playing with Japan and then at Stade Francais, from his own playing time in New Zealand to, to coaching with some of the greats of rugby from all over the world. He really has a pedigree that is second to none. You add that to the things that Robbie Abel and Sean Davies were able to do, just as the pair of them, you know, making the best of a bad situation yep. and the incredible things that they were able to do. There really is a lot Come of on incredible in, Joey. things that, that can yeah. happen for this franchise. Okay, Joey Baki, the ninth overall pick last year. Joey you saw where's Joey, you're looking good. Dude. Looking big, buddy. You're looking. That's, that's all the coaches here, the dietitians, and uh, Maddie. <laughs> Maddie's workout. Shouts out, Maddie. Keeping yeah. the boys right. Okay, walk us through this process as a player last year. A draft is an American thing, as we've been talking about. Kind of new. This is just the third in MLR, but what was it like for you to be drafted ninth last year? Um, I mean, the pre draft process was stressful. There were nights I couldn't sleep, you know. Uh, I was just going traveling all, all over the place, coming to tryouts. And then, you know, the day of the draft, I was sitting there shaking, shaking in my boots. And I finally hear my name called, and Brandon called me. And it was just like, it's everything you ever dream of as a kid, you know? 
if you want to be a professional athlete, yeah. that's, you dream of getting drafted. So now for guys like Todd, that moment's come. He just spoke to all the season ticket holders in front of family. What's next? You better be uh, ready to put in work because you think you, you're probably the best player where you come from. And then you show up here and it's kind of a rude awakening for eight weeks. You know, you look like a deer in headlights and you got to realize, all right, I have a lot to learn and, and a lot of upside. And it's going to be hard, but luckily the team we have here and the players and the veterans we have, that they made it really easy. There were some really awesome wins last year. Obviously it wasn't the season the team wanted. But there's a lot of positive energy coming out uh, from last year to now. Obviously, hiring Greg Cooper, retaining the assistance, these draft picks. How are you feeling as a player going into 2023 about all this? I'm so excited. You know, the first month, you know, body was recovering. I was, I was sitting at home, and then I just wanted it to be back. Like, I'm counting down the days till the end of the season. I'm trying to get all the boys together, do some some ball work, and I think we're all excited that. We don't want to lose that many games ever again. Yeah. And I don't play. I see you on Instagram pushing weight too. Like Maddie doesn't have to worry about his accountability. All he's gotta do is follow you on Instagram. What are you you were squatting plates? What are you doing now in the weight room that's just taking you to the next level, bro? Just trust in the process and actually Maddie told me not to squat that. And I did it anyway, <laughs> so I got in trouble. Uh-oh. 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 Rub it salt in the wound here. Yeah. Sorry, Maddie. Yeah. So, so I got in trouble for that one, but I saw I saw guys like Ali and Paul doing the same thing. So I was like, okay. Those guys warm up with like my max rep oh, though. Trust me, like, I think I'm strong, and then I look at that, those guys. <laughs> like, All right, so a lot of work to do. What's it like to play with uh, a bunch of Eagles in the front row like that? With like you mentioned, Ali and Paul and Angus and so on. Well, even having two very good Koto in front of you there at, at the hooker position, you're surrounded by international yeah. level players. Well, I'll tell you what, Chad Goff was probably the best mentor I could have had in my first year, and I'm still mm. bothering him. He's probably annoyed with me. Like, up He's like, I retired. Yeah, no, I sent him videos <laughs> of me throwing every day, and he's like, Joey, it looks the same as you did yesterday. Um, but, like, those guys really set the standard high, and it's not fun because you kind of got thrown in the deep end. In the first eight weeks, I was getting pushed over in scrums. I was getting picked up by my neck, like – all this stuff, but they're they're always there to help. They're always there to give you pieces of advice. It, it almost feels like, yeah, it, it's hard to fit in if you're not an international player. You know what I mean? Like, oh, no pressure. Fijian international. Chad obviously played against the Kiwis uh, last summer. That's quite the group. So what do you feel like you learned in, in season one? Hey, what's up? We got What did Boy's you giving you grief over here. They're oh, making yeah. sure you don't yeah. mess up. I know, I know. This is your time, and they're posting up right here. The Gorilla I mean, Squad keeping their eye on you, bro. You gotta respect the chief. Yeah, <laughs> what did you learn in year one, not only as a rookie, but kind of Warriors culture uh, as a professional rugby player? Oh, the, the community. I love the community out here. I, I've been doing Junior Warriors and, awesome. and just interacting with all the fans, and they love it. You know, I'll go out to Costco and I'll have someone come up to me. You play for the Warriors, so people love their rugby out That's here. That's great. And then as a player, it's just confidence. Like, year one, you're going to make those rookie mistakes. You're going to mess up, and you take it really hard on yourself because you want to prove yourself. But coming into year two, it's just confidence. It's all confidence, and I feel way more confident coming in. That's a tribute to these coaches really, really yeah. working with me. So what advice now would you give to both Gabe and Ty, who are now officially off the draft board and Warriors? What words of wisdom would you now kind of pass on, where you said, you know, you had guys like Chad and to pass that on to you? What advice would you pay forward now? 
Um, I think something that really helped me in my first year was take care of yourself, take care of your head. Mental health mm. is, a, is a really big, important one. And follow the rule of thirds. A third of your days are going to be bad. A third of your days are going to be normal. And a third of your days are going to be really good. Mm. So if you have a bad practice, just be happy you got a bad practice out of the way. If you have a bad game, you got a bad game out of the way. And mm. It's all going to be... It's going to come out on averages. Yeah. That's really good advice. I like that. A th the, the law of the thirds, right? Yeah. The law of 30. I like that a lot. Talking to Joey Backey. Uh, okay, going into year two, what are, you, what are you working on? What are you excited about for yourself individually? Working on definitely. Obviously throwing line out balls <laughs> since you mentioned that to, oh, yeah. to the videos to chatting. Uh, line outs, line outs, set pieces, and just overall fitness and strength because, you know, I came in not unfit or not, not it's not like I wasn't strong, but it's just it's a different standard here. So I want to come in like pushing for that starting spot or pushing to get on that game sheet week in and week out because sitting on the bench all season is not not very enjoyable. Yeah, and as a, and talk to me about being a rookie in the league because the hope is as a rookie you don't necessarily get thrown in, but you want to be on the team sheet, right? So it's interesting trying to I guess integrate into where you can be, and you were several times. Yeah, no, and those were. I remember sitting in the locker room before my first cap and just and just lining up at Flinker, which I don't practice, against Danny Barrett, who was a guy I watched growing up, mm -hmm. and just thinking, oh, this is actually happening. <laughs> um, but there isn't a single moment of my rookie year that I would take back, the good and the bad. Because even the bad taught me, like, you know, people – People are going to say things about you. You're going to have bad plays, but it's how you bounce back. It's how you respond. Yeah. No one's ever played a perfect game of rugby, ever. What was your welcome to the league moment? Like, everybody's got one. Was it a hit you laid? Was it somebody that hit Did you? Did you describe it? Well, I mean, was, was that it with Danny yeah. Barrett looking up? Like, was there a moment that you can be like, man, I'm here, and I've got to do X, Y, Z to, to keep it? You know what? Games really weren't like there wasn't a welcome to the league thing in a game. It was practice. Mm. You know, those first few practices or that first live scrimmage when I had Jury running at me full speed or I had Tommy, you know, <laughs> two taking out my legs as hard as they could. That was my welcome to the league. Like practice is a game. You're, you're going 100 percent to get better. Yeah. Just just walk us through this because nobody runs it straighter than Tommy Tuaval. When that guy's got a full head of steam coming at you, what goes through your mind? Hold on. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> we get lower than he does and, and hold on. That's awesome, man. Well, Joey, we appreciate the time. Best of luck with year two. We look forward to a great offseason. Okay. Joey Baki on Dub Nation. The ninth overall pick last year for the Warriors in the first round. Came in at hooker in several games, uh, you know, and, and he's looking to – Chad Goff retired. There's a, some playing time available potentially with the two looks good. I mean, you want to talk about the job that Matty Madison does with these guys in the strength and conditioning. A phenomenal program that he builds for every single one of them individually. And, Ch uh, you know, Chad retiring, a big loss for the team with his ability. He set some goals for himself professionally, reached them and wanted to go out on his terms. Full credit to Chad for that. But now – it's up to those next guys to step up, and Joey looks ready. We'll bring in Brandon Sparks, general manager of the Utah Warriors. Round two underway, 14th pick. Dallas takes Kyle Fulton out of Arizona, a wing, 23-year-old. And then the 15th pick is in as well, Colin uh, Gross, or Grossi, I'm not sure, sorry, out of Army, national champs as well. 
Uh, we're, we're, 15. we're on 15. So six Seattle at 16 on the clock currently. Yeah. Utah up uh, with. The, I think if anybody should know this, I mean, you're. You, Although you would. I might be behind. Yeah. Maybe I'll refresh. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it, is it is behind. You think I'm that. behind? Okay. Okay. No, no, no. It's it's behind here. Oh, we just. The Utah. Sorry. Okay. No. I I am behind. So uh, the 16th pick is Seattle. Sam Wiegert, out of Trinity Western University. He's from Langley, British Columbia. 17, New England picks Tomas Caceres, who we mentioned, as one of those Argentines who came uh, from Thomas More University. And the 18th pick has just been announced. The Utah Warriors, in the second round, 18th overall pick, select Greg Janowick out of Tennessee, a lock 6'5", 260, 23 years old. This is a big body that the Utah Warriors need. Again, doesn't quite have the height that you would hope for, but... This is a guy that is used to work in the type five. He's part of that engine room. Uh, you know, he's got a little bit higher a profile comes from time than I think you would hope for. These guys will work with him on getting that lower body and that core strength right so that he'll be ready to go for that. And this is the kind of physicality that the standard has been set for the Utah Warriors. This is a guy that's 250 plus, if we're being generous, you know, probably tips the scales a little bit heavier than that and uh, will continue to grow. This is a good addition to this team. And Locke addressed. That was a position of need, obviously, when Jamie Lane goes down. Free is his nickname last year. Big loss. Utah had to move Thomas Tuavau into a lock spot where he's more of kind of a, a back row guy, a flanker. So Greg Janowick is the 18th pick overall to the Utah Warriors. And uh, he did shed 30 pounds recently. So that guy's been putting in work to uh, be in the best shape he can. And that's something I think he really needed to do because that will affect his mobility, especially at the next level. Mm. When you get a guy that's that big, and we see guys like Yuri Van Buren, Aston Fortine was another one. When you get these big mobile second rowers that can really get around the field and disrupt the opposition's breakdown, as well as be in those A and B gaps for your own offense, it causes problems for teams. When you get a guy that's that size running for 60 minutes and then he subs out and you get the chief coming at you for the last 20 or 30, now you've had, you know, a guy like Janowicz at 260 pounds. Now you've got to tackle Saya Uhila for the next 20 minutes. Good luck with that. That causes problems for opposition. Yeah. Brandon Sparks, uh, I believe, calling Greg on the phone a moment ago, having that GM conversation, hence the uh, jump out. Now he's jumping back in. Welcome back, Brandon Sparks. How'd that go? Uh, it was good, man. He's a good kid. And it was Greg. We get to give him a call. And- yeah, he was surprised. So it's always a lot of fun to get these guys called. Gabe, Gabe Pettering is in Ireland right now playing for Trinity. And it's 2 a.m. there, and I called him, and he was practically in tears, like, all excited. <laughs> did um, he answer the phone? Yeah, he did. Oh, yeah, nice. He was awake on Zoom watching with his family and everything That's like that. That's awesome. So, yeah, it's been good so far. Okay, let, let's start from 9 to 11 and then go to 18 here. Uh, Ty Calway at Scrum Half with 9. What would you, you like in him? Uh, I think I alluded to it earlier is like the athleticism that allows him to be a very player, which then is the knock on effect of that is the versatility that would allow him to be able to contribute immediately. Um, you know, there are some things in the scrum half specialty area that will need to be refined and addressed. Uh, but it isn't anything that I don't think Sean Davis can't handle uh, and get him up to speed on. But, you know, again, like, let's be honest, it's always great to bring a Utah kid back here. You know, him being from more of Utah, like, we're real big on trying to recollect that talent, bring it back to Utah. You saw it start with Chad Goff. 
uh, and he's just another step into that process of doing something like that. Gabe Kettering at uh, 11, Lindenwood uh, kid, and, and those two we saw at Collegiate Rugby Shield, which is awesome. Yeah, I, Greg, we've been watching for about, or, uh, not Greg, I'm sorry. Gabe. Gabe, we've been watching for about two years now. Um, you know, over the over the next five years, we're going to try to make him more mobile uh, and attack-focused front row. Uh, he's the start of that. You know, he he was an eight-man through high school, very good eight-man through high school. Mm. When he got to Lindenwood, he transitioned into one shirt. And, you know, credit to him being a domestic player. Um, he was competing and often beating out international students inside, you know, inside. Like, let's be honest, guys. Lindenwood is rugby U in America right now. Like, they're producing some of the best talent out there. And for him to be domestic and, and every week, battle back the wolves at the door uh, to keep that spot, like, credit to him. And the fact that he's gone at Trinity this year, playing for a year, we're fine with that. We support with that. And we felt strong enough to, like, select somebody that we'd have to wait for a year on uh, in the first round. American kid in Ireland yeah. getting experience. American kid in Ireland. That's awesome. So now let's look at uh, Janowicz. Obviously a big hole there and a big body at second row. This is a guy that has the physicality. What other traits do you see in him that made you want to pull the trigger? So Greg, um, Greg was really interesting prospect. When we first started, he's another one we looked at for about two years. And I had some pretty hefty concerns about what the physical shape of him looked like. Um, and, but like, I saw a couple things on social media where I was like, Hmm, that looks different than what I, what I remember. So we flew him out on Monday and he came out on Monday and he had lost 30 pounds. And wow. you know, like if, and it reshaped who he looked like to the point that um, Nick and I started calling him the Southern Rower. Uh, so, you know, the was sun, the was the quality of his lettuce a factor in the pick? Because oh, I know that's a big that's a big thing for the team. Yeah, yeah. I really felt that our long hair game. You know, while a bullet is not considered the long hair, you know, I feel like he brings in a much more diverse uh, head of locks than, than maybe we have so far. And you know, the Southern Thor, maybe he's here. Southern yeah, Thor. He looks good. He's like he was built, but what really, you know, all kidding aside, what really impressed me was uh, Nick, our assistant GM, said like it looks like he does scout work on the opposing team's lineups. So we asked him like, you know, do you do you scout the lineups for the other team? He's like, yeah, when there's film available. But I also don't have a problem figuring it out in real time. And I was like, well, what do you mean by that? And that's not a, that's not an answer you hear very often, even like from the internationals. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, like for instance, you know, as they get tired, the towel starts to become more obvious. He's like, I figured it out. I figured it out probably 20 minutes into the game against Clemson University that the guy who was calling the line out when he was there was only two options. And when he wouldn't call his number, he would stand up straight and lock his knees out. He had to tell. Yeah, he had to tell. I was oh. like, oh, okay. So like, if you can think about that in real time under fatigue and, and uh, stress, like, you might have something special. And obviously, right. us being a, a very direct rugby team, that's awesome. He's he matches that bill. So also follow up to that, don't play poker with Greg Janowicz. <laughs> yeah, 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 he's pretty good. He's pretty good? That's yeah. the word I was great? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, no, he's good, man. He'll, he'll be a lot of fun when he's here. A lot of fun when he's here. Okay, 30 and now 33 after yeah. the trade. Uh, what are you looking at in the third round? I think I can talk about it. Uh, I think I can talk about it now. Is that all right? You're in charge here. This they, is your world. We're living in it. Uh, yeah, you know what? I love talking to you You're guys. in charge. So You're the GM. Send it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I love talking to you guys, so I'm going to hold on to it. We'll do another dub nation about the last round. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to spill the beans I now. Okay. 
get my hopes and dreams up and then crush me down. Yeah. Well, congratulations on those those three picks. Best of luck with the two later. We appreciate the time, Brandon. Okay, thank you. Brandon Sparks, general manager with the Utah Warriors. This what? kind of access is so much fun when you combine right here. the front office access, right having Kimball right. in the building, having Sparksy here, having Shawnee here. Of course, you know, Coop's out doing what he does. Robbie's still playing overseas. To have all the players here, this is access that I don't think any other team or franchise is giving you when it comes no. to draft day. No, I don't think so. And uh, we've been live for an hour and 25 minutes. Have we really? Has it really been free. that long? Yeah. Well, one commercial, 30 seconds. One? But it was our own. It was a commercial for us, so it wasn't so it was like, like it was my promo. voice in the commercial. You so that been doesn't go, count. You've been going for the whole time. I had a thirty-second break. <laughs> well, I think that'll do it for us. Uh, as much as I want to be here for another hour, uh, <laughs> let it. Let, let. I think we've done our due diligence. We have. Let's First uh, off, congratulations to everybody yes. in the draft. Congratulations Absolutely. to Sam Gola for getting that number one spot. I know there's yep. a little bit of prestige that goes along with in any draft. Being able to say that you were the number one draft pick is massive. Congratulations to Ty. Congratulations to Greg. Uh, congratulations Gabe. to uh, Gabe yep. for all of the success that we hope you continue to have yep. in your careers now and looking ahead to the Utah Warriors season. So after 18, 19th pick, Jack Manzo from uh, Cal, kid from Queens, is a, a hooker. At 20, Matias Katamuti went to Dallas. He's that other Argentine from Thomas More we saw in the Collegiate Rugby Shield. I really like those two. They're very good. Katamuti's an incredible yep. player. He's going to be great for Dallas, a team, obviously, that struggled through their first season with injuries and other franchise issues. Katamuti's going to be the kind of guy that they can build on there in Texas. They've got a lot of picks, Dallas. Well, they they need a lot draft. of picks. Four or five. They deserve six, a lot of picks. Seven picks in this draft, okay? Utah's going to end up with, we think, five with 30 and, and thir uh, 33 uh, after going four down to nine, 11, 18. So that's that. Uh, Olive Kane out of San Diego goes to San Diego, the Legion. So hometown uh, pick there in terms of college. He is from Nashville. Uh, and now at 22, Atlanta is picking Jack Shaw out of Bishop's University uh, from England. So 23 on through 29. There's still a lot of draft to happen here. We are in the middle of the second round. Again, you can go to the Rugby Network to uh, watch this live as well. You can check out uh, the Utah Warriors social media for the latest on picks 30 and 33. But that's going to do it for us. Let's let's run through everybody we had on today. We had on Brandon Sparks, the Twice. GM. Like, yeah, multiple times. <laughs> Sean Davies, assistant coach, joined the program as well. We had Joey Bucky. We had Ty uh, Cowley, the ninth overall pick, who was here in person. Pretty cool. And that'll do it for us. Uh, for Mason Benson running the show behind the scenes in Banksy, I'm Jerem. That'll do it for us. We'll see you in two weeks as we recap the draft. Go Warriors.